Thank God for the veterans of the United States military. We certainly as Americans owe a tremendous debt to those who are willing to serve so that we could be free. In like manner, thank God for the Christian who's willing to lay self aside and serve the risen Savior so that others might be freed from the burdens of sin. In today's message, we compare and contrast the soldier in the military against the soldier in the army of the Lord. Please join us for this eye-opening Veterans Day themed message titled, Mission Accomplished? Number 16, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And everybody said, Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are and what you mean to us and what you've done for us. And uh, Lord, how you've loved us and how you shed your blood for us and how you've prepared a way for us. And God, how one day you're coming again for us. And God, I'm so thankful for who you are, what you are uh, to us, and, and you're so good, Lord, to us and unworthy people. And God, I just ask you, Lord, right now to shine your light down upon us. God, we need you this hour. Lord, it's all in vain unless you're at the heart of it, you're at the center of it. God, I pray, Lord, you help me to lift you up. God, I pray, Lord, that this church sees you high and lifted up. God, I pray, Lord, that you just help us as a church, as a congregation, Lord, to serve you as you deserve to be served uh, for who you are and, again, what you have done for us. Lord, bless us now, I pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look to honor our veterans on this day, my thoughts were drawn to what a soldier is and uh, what a soldier does. I don't believe that the role of a soldier in the United States military is that different uh, from the role of a Christian in the army of the Lord. You all know that song, right? Right? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Right? You all know that song. Don't make me get you up and then have to have you do it. We all know that song. I believe that to be true. When you think about it and you think about the similarities between an American soldier, what they do, and the Christian soldier, what they are supposed to do, what they are called to do, they're uh, very much similar in many aspects. Both involve putting their wants and wishes and desires secondary 
to the orders they've been given. Both involve a chain of command. Both involve the necessity of following commands. Both involve consequences to either following or neglecting their commands. And listen, both matter. Both matter. Imagine where we would be as a country without our military. Without those brave men and women who have sacrificed and followed orders and went and did the things so that you and I could have what we have today. I mean, we may very well be under uh, English rule had it not been for the American soldier. We may, we may very well, instead of 10% of our country doing it, uh, the rest of us speaking Spanish. Amen? We could all be speaking Spanish today if not for the American soldier. We could all be under communist rule if not for the American soldier. I mean, there are so many things when you think about it. Uh, we, we could all, we could of course be suffering more buildings and planes meeting uh, if not for the American soldier. And so the American soldier matters. It matters. But listen, the uh, soldier in the army of the Lord matters too. It matters. Where would you be without a faithful servant of God, a soldier in the army of the Lord, where would you be if not for them? Let me tell you where you'd be. You'd be lost and on your way to hell. That's number one. You'd be a slave to your sin. You'd be under Satan's rule. You'd have no hope, and you would have no purpose. That's where we would be. I know that's where I would be if not for a servant, a soldier in the army of the Lord, being faithful to his call, being faithful to his duty, and going out and reaching me. That's where I would be. And I dare say that's exactly where you would be too. And so when we think about veterans today, I, I immediately I liken it, I liken it unto soldiers in the army of the Lord. How many of you remember? How many of you remember? It's back in 2003. Uh, then President George Bush flying in a uh, jet fighter over on top of a aircraft carrier landing there and, and greeting the military and then giving a speech in 2003. How many, how many remember that? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, you're, I'm here, I'm here you're saying, mission accomplished. That's what's likened unto it. You know, he never said those words. Never said those words in that speech. But back behind him, back behind him on that U.S. aircraft carrier, there was two great big words, mission accomplished. It was essentially a victory speech. Donald Rumsfeld looked at the speech prior to him giving and had to tone it down quite a bit. You know why he had to do that? Because it wasn't accomplished. It wasn't done. It wasn't done. There was, there was the uh, regalia and there was the, there was the pompous and there was, there, was, there was all of that stuff, but the mission was not accomplished. You know that, that most of the casualties from the Iraq uh, conflict happened after that moment. The mission was not accomplished. Today, let me ask you this, church. Two years ago, not long after I came, I'd set out a mission statement for this church. 
How many of you could tell me what that mission statement is? It's on every pamphlet that we hand out. It's on every track that we hand out. It's on our signs. Who can tell me what that simple mission statement is? Brother Allen had his hand up. What is that mission statement, brother? Reaching the world with redeeming love. Very simple. Very simple. The whole premise of that mission statement is taken from Mark 16.15. Mark 16.15 says this. It says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. It's a very simple philosophy. You know, it's not, it's not anything where we have to have ten points and, uh, you, you know, all sorts of diagrammed out instructions. It's a very simple philosophy. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Reaching the world with redeeming love. It's a very simple philosophy. It's a very difficult mission. It's a very difficult mission. And so when we think about missions and we think about being, you know, whether they're accomplished or not, the only way this mission will be accomplished in our church, it will take a collective effort, it will take a concerted effort, it will take a constant effort, and it will take a continual effort. Let me ask you this, is this mission accomplished? Not yet. Is it being accomplished? That's kind of the question is it being accomplished? If that's our mission as a church, if that is our mission, is it being accomplished? And so this morning, I want to present to you this message, mission accomplished, mission accomplished. And uh, you can't see my notes, and that's the only way I can say it, but after mission accomplished, there is a question mark. Will it be accomplished? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you how it can be accomplished this morning, okay? If that's our mission, I want to show you how we can accomplish that mission in this church. Number one, number one, we can accomplish that mission by understanding our position. By understanding our position. When we look at the military, uh, there are multiple positions in the military. Uh, they refer to them as ranks. You have privates and you have generals. You have uh, all sorts of different uh, things. Depends on which branch you were in, but you have sergeants and corporals and majors and this, that, and the other, all, all in that. And, and so it can be very convoluted in the American military, but the, the, the uh, position structure in the Christian church is not that difficult to uh, comprehend. Number one, and uh, the most obvious, is that Christ is our commander. Amen. He is our commander. Uh, he is the head of the church. He is the head because of the person of Christ. Go ahead and turn with me. I don't have you normally turn with me to Scripture. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I've got it in my notes, but I'm going to turn there because I'm having you turn there. We're going to look at verse number 19 here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 19. When you're there, say amen. All right. Ephesians 1, verse 19 says, And uh, what is exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Christ is our head because his, of his position. Because of his position. He is our creator. He is our sustainer. He is almighty. He is the chief cornerstone. He is faithful and true. He is our hope. He is our redeemer. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of all. And so we understand by him being all of that, he is our commander. He's the head, right? That's where he's at. So often we treat him as though he is beneath us, though. Amen? So often we don't recognize his position. We treat him simply as our servant. Thank God he has a servant's heart. Amen? Thank God he'll wash our feet when we get them dirty. Thank God he'll do those things for us. Thank God he is there when we call upon him. But make no mistake, listen, we are not above him. We are below him. He is our head. He is our commander. He is our leader. And so that's the first position we're going to look at. And uh, the second is that the pastor is your battlefield leader. The pastor is your battlefield leader. Now, if you're a member of this church, that means me. If you're a member of another church, that means somebody else. But uh, the pastor is the battlefield leader. And I say that because that is the position in which he has been placed. Acts 20 and 28 says this. It says, take heed. Now, Paul is speaking unto the elders, the pastors of the Ephesian church when he says this. But uh, Acts 20 and 28 says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock of God over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. And so when we're looking at the positions in the army of the Lord, you have Christ is the commander, the pastor is the battlefield leader. Now, I want you to understand my position and my thought on what the pastor and the pastorate is. The pastor is not that battlefield leader who is back in a tent, uh, you know, somewhere off site out of danger. I believe the pastor's position is that more of a on the field, sergeant, or something along those lines. Pastor is someone that is in the foxhole with you. The pastor is someone that is, that is taking the bullets too. I want you to understand this. As your pastor, as your pastor, I will never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. I will never ask you to tithe if I'm not tithing. I will never ask you to knock on a door if I'm not willing to knock on doors. I will never ask you to uh, uh, give to missions if I'm not giving to missions. I'll never ask you to disciple others without discipling them myself. I'll never ask you to pray for others if I'm not praying myself. I'll never ask you to be faithful unto the house of God if I'm not faithful myself. Listen, the pastor is someone that leads by example. That's what the position is. I believe that this is the position that God has put me in uh, here at this church. And uh, if, if you believe that, say amen. amen. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. Pastor is a battlefield leader, and you are, if, if, you're, if you've been saved by the, by the blood of Christ, 
You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. That is your position. It's not optional. You enlisted when you trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation. I read the first part of Acts 20 and 28. Let me read it in its entirety now. It says this. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock of God over which he, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. And so the pastor is a battlefield leader because that's the position he's been placed. Of course, Christ is ahead because that's, that's who he is. That's his person. And you are in the position you are in because you are a purchased possession. You have been purchased by the blood of Christ. And um, the thing about this is, and what makes it different, say, than the American military is, is that that is not in a specific age range. If I wanted to join the military today, number one, I'd never pass a physical. Number two, I'd probably die trying to take it. But I'm too old. It wouldn't take me. Wouldn't take me if I tried uh, to do it today. Let me tell you what, Christ will take you. Amen. So when we think about the army of the Lord, there is no age range. And there is no, there is no, there is no slowing down. There is no retirement. When you enlist in the army of the Lord, and it doesn't matter if you're 7 or 77 or 170, it really does not matter. You are a soldier. That is who you are. We need to get that into our mentality. We are a soldier. We're a soldier, and you can term it like that because we are constantly, church, in battle. Constantly in battle. As Christians, we are constantly in battle. We see if we're going to accomplish the mission in which we have been given, we must, number one, understand our position. Number two, we must understand the mission. We must understand it. You know, we'd given that mission state, reaching the world with redeeming love, based on Mark 16, 15. Very simple. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We must understand what that means, though. Number one, our mission is active. It's not passive. It's active. It's not passive. Christ said in Mark 16, 15, he said it here in our scripture, in verse number uh, 19 there, he says, what's that first verse, first word? In, uh, in, in Matthew 28, 19. What's that first word? Go! Go! Too often we as Christians, we want to tell them, come, if we tell them anything at all. But that's not the mission. The mission is to go. It is an active one. It's one where we must purposefully do. It's one that we must commit ourselves to. It's not a passive mission. Christ did not say, hey, listen, the only time, the only time that I can ever remember in my, in my mind where Christ told them to wait on purpose was in Acts chapter 1. And the reason he told them to wait, he told them, he says, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. The only reason he told them to wait was because they had not yet been endowed with the power that they needed to carry out the mission. But guess what? On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came upon all those believers. The Holy Ghost of God that seals us and gave them the power to accomplish the mission. Church, listen, if you've been born again, you have the power to accomplish the mission. It's not in your own self. It is in Christ. The power in which God has given us 
to accomplish this mission, this mission that we've given. We have to understand it is not some passive mission. It's not, well, you know, often, too often when we pray, even if we do pray that we pray, well, God, send somebody by my way that I might tell them about Jesus. No, that's not the mission. Go find them. Go to the highways and hedges. That's the mission. The mission is active. It is not passive. Soldier, go. Amen? Go. Brother Zach's not up here. Brother Bill, if, uh, if your commanding officer told you, go, what would you do? Go. go. You don't question the orders of the commanding officer. He says, go, you go. Christ didn't say jump. Christ didn't say wait. Christ didn't do anything. He said, go. It's an active mission, church. We need to get that in our minds. We are on, if you, if you were to think about it in any type of military terms, we are on a search and rescue mission. We are on a search and rescue mission. That is our mission, man. We're seeking those that are lost and we're trying to reach them with the gospel because that's the only thing that can rescue them from the hell that awaits. It is an active, our mission is active. It is not passive. Our mission is definite. It's not in question. The orders that were given in Matthew chapter 28 are very clear. Christ did not mince words. He did not need to take some diatribe of, uh, of uh, 16 chapters of the Bible to give it. He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teach them whatsoever things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. He gives that promise there at the end, but the, the command is simply this. Listen, we're to go and win them. Then we're supposed to baptize them. And then we're supposed to teach them, disciple them. That's the command. It's very clear. Is it, is, is it not? It's pretty clear, isn't it? Is not the mission clear? Now, we see our mission is active, not passive. Our mission is definite, not in question. And our mission is uh, defined by God. It's defined by God. What book is this? What book is this? Come on, you can say it. It's a good word. Amen. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. This, uh, this, this book right here, do you believe it to be true? Do you, do, do you believe it to be right? Do you believe it to be, as I do, the God-breathed, inspired His Word? Do you, do you believe that? Are you following it? Are you following the dictates? Our mission is defined by God. The mission is not defined by me. The mission is defined by God. God is the one that said in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teach them to observe all things whatsoever command you. Uh, he's the one that has defined that mission. He is the one that has given us that mission. You can go over to Acts 1, 8. You can go over to Mark 16, 15. But it's all the same, man. We're supposed to go and we're supposed to do. That's the mission that our head has given us, that God himself has given us. That's the mission. 
That's the mission. It's defined by God. The mission, uh, though, in this church is directed by the pastor. The mission is directed by the pastor. God has uh, told us to do this, right? Do you agree that God has told us to do this? Just say amen. So if you, don't, if, if you listen, if you won't take God's word, you'll never listen to me. God has told us to do this. God has placed me here as the pastor of this church in order to fulfill that mission. Our mission. You know, God has set me here, and he's, he's given me a dictate. He said, Scott McGraw, this is your mission. I want you to up, be the under-shepherd of this church. I want you to lead this church. I'm putting you on the front lines of the mid-Ohio Valley, and I want you to advance the front. You all understand those military terms, right? Advance the front. That means you've got a, you've got a separation between these people and this people. In this case, it's God and Satan. There is a front there, and uh, they're constantly at battle. When one side winning they are taking the front they're moving the front that is the mission that God has given me as pastor of this church is to advance the front in the mid-Ohio Valley advance the front that's it he's told us what to do he's not exactly said and 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 and, and Scott I want you to do this this is this is exactly how I want you to do it I want you to add more missionaries I want you to enable a, uh, I want you to, to start a door knocking program. I want you to change Sunday school. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to, I want you to put a live stream up. I want you to put podcasts up. I can't find anywhere in scripture where it said any of that. But the mission is clear. The mission is clear. And that's go in all the world. Teach them. Baptize them. Disciple them. That's the mission. And as pastor of this church, he's given me the uh, latitude to work within biblical guides to move that front. Do you all follow that? We see the only way that we can reach the world with redeeming love is to understand our mission. It's an active mission. It is a definite mission. It's defined by God it's directed by the pastor. Next, if we're going to accomplish this mission, we'll need to make some decisions. There's no question, at least in my mind, if you have a question about the accuracy of Scripture, you don't have a problem with me, you've got a problem with God. Or you've got a problem with your heart. I, I don't know. I don't know where the problem is. But I can tell you this. I did not grow up in church, so I did not have any type of bias or anything to the Word of God. God proved Himself to me, amen? God spoke to me through His Word. God changed me in all forms and facets. So listen, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the Word of God is true. He's proved Himself to me. I don't know about you, but uh, in, in my mind, there's no question about the accuracy of, of Scripture. Uh, there's no conflict uh, between... Uh, the pastoral vision, as far as I know, if you, if you think there is, that's fine. There's no conflict as far as the pastoral vision for this church and what God has dictated us uh, to do. We simply need to make decisions. Number one, either to follow God's commands or to fake, forsake them. God has said to go. God has said to do. And we can either follow that dictate or we can forsake it. And we all have to make that choice. 
Like I said, the only way that we're going to advance the front, the only way that we're going to reach souls, it's not by sitting in here and waiting for them to come to us. It's by going out into our community and telling them about Jesus Christ, tell them about the love that he has for them so that he might save them. It's the only way it's going to happen. Now, I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We need to do it together. We have to do it together. Mission accomplished, question mark, right? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen if, if we do it together. We have to make those decisions. Uh, we have to do it together. How many of you, how many of you have seen the movie Braveheart? Anybody raise your hand if you have. Okay, so several of you. Heathens, you know that's rated R, don't you? <laughs> I got a story about that movie. I won't tell it right now. I saw that back when I was lost. I make it a point not to uh, uh, watch rated R movies now. And uh, I think that'd be a good point for all Christians to have. Amen. Anyway, uh, I watched that movie several years ago. If, you, if you're not familiar with the movie, it's a, a story, Mel Gibson, about William Wallace about William Wallace, and he was, uh, the Scottish were under oppression by the English. Scottish were under the oppression by English. William Wallace led them to fight against England. And there was one thing, one thing that stood out in my mind, and I may be mixing up two, two parts in it, but there was one part that stood out in my mind, and that is that William Wallace was leading the charge. He was leading the charge, man, he had this, he had this, a uh, great group that was with him, man. It was a good group, and they were out there, and they were fighting, man. They were slinging the swords, and blood's flying everywhere, you know, and heads popping off, all this crazy stuff's going on. This massive fight that's going on, and the plan was this. The plan was this. When he would look back, and he would signal Lockney and that other fella, and he would wave that flag, and he'd say, man, come on, now's the time. Then they were to come on, and that was, that was the plan. But you know what happened? William Wallace went out there, and he's out there fighting, and he's out there sweating, and he's out there uh, uh, just blood all over himself doing this, and he turns around and he takes a flag, and he starts waving it. He says, man, come on! Come on! Come on, now's the time! You know what they did? Gave him a look, and went the other way. And they left him to die on the battlefield. And all of those that were with him left him there. Why? Why did they do that? Let me tell you why. Because the king of England promised them a little something. Gave them something to make their lives more comfortable. Gave them comfort in this world. That's what he gave them. That's what he promised them. And so they were willing to let them, their, their countrymen, die on the battlefield. They were willing to let their countrymen, man, give their blood for a cause and not see that cause move forward. Can you imagine being in William Wallace's spot during that time? Can you imagine being with his friend to the right and his friend to the left and all of those that were brave enough, man, to go out into the back and to, to sacrifice soldiers, right? That's what we're talking about. This message today is nothing more than a call to action, church. I told you that I will not ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself, didn't 
And I don't think that there's any soul in here that can say, oh, you've asked me to do this and you'll not do this, Pastor. I don't think there's anybody here that can stand here and accuse me of this. I am out on the battlefield, church. I'm waving the flag. Will you come? Man, let's take this front together. Or will you forsake for the pleasures of this world? The decision is all of ours. I can decide whether to fight or whether to flee. I can decide whether that this cause is worth giving my life for, or whether it's not. I have to make that decision. You have to make that decision. Is it worth it or not? Is the front worth it? Is advancing the cause of our commander worth it? Is following the dictate. Now understand, I, I call Christ, He is our head. That is His scriptural name. I called him commander for a reason. He is not the suggester. That is the command he's given his people. Is the cause, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause worth fighting and dying for? Man, our, our veterans thought so. Thank God. Our veterans thought so. Man, there was a cause. There was something, there was a reason. There was a reason. They were willing to go and shed their blood, and give their lives, risk their lives. There was a cause in their minds great enough to do that. Let me ask you this, church. Is the cause of country greater than the cause of Christ? Is it? Absolutely not. So why? Why? Why will we not just carry our cross and follow Him? Why? Church, this choice is upon each one of us. I want you to understand this, and this is, this, is, this is the last thing. We'll all face the consequence of our decision. And we all will. Every soul that knows the Lord will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. I, as your pastor, I'm going to give an account for what I tell you and how I lead you. That is why I'm so adamant. I, listen, I do not tell you of my position or anything like that to boast in any way. I hope that that's not the way it comes across. I'm just telling you that for you to understand that I have to give an account for what I'm doing here. That's not the only consequence that we face. Standing before God ought to give us fear enough. But there's a multitude of our friends and our neighbors all around us that are either going to lift up their eyes in heaven or lift up their eyes in hell depending on the decisions we do with this. It's a simple mission. Go. Preach. Win them. Baptize them. Disciple them. It's a simple mission, it, it's, but it's going to be hard. Make no mistake about that. It's not going to be easy. Man, 
George Bush and, and, and half or most of America thought, man, we'll go over there into Iraq, we'll bomb them, we'll kill them all, and then we'll be done. Mission accomplished. Let me ask you this, and we're going to close. How will your mission accomplished look like when you stand before Christ? Will you stand there in piety? Mission accomplished. And Christ look at you and say, not so much. Not so much. Now, you, you considered it accomplished. But look at all the blood that was shed after you had given up. Look, look, at all the, look at all the loss, all the detriment that happened because you were willing to say something was done when it's not. Listen, this, this front line, we're not done. This church is not done. You, you're here. You have air in your lungs. You're not done. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Listen, God can use you and will use you if you're just available. And every soul, every soul in here, from the youngest to the eldest, God can use to move that front if you're willing. But that's the decision we're going to have to make, church. That's the decision. That decision is not made tomorrow. It's made today. It's made today. Are you going to decide today to follow after the flag of Christ and go into battle, get out of your comfort zone, set your pride aside, and go fight the fight of Christ or are you going to turn on your brethren that's in the battlefield and walk away? What is your decision? It's a decision I can't make. I've made my decision. I can't make it for you. Your neighbors can't make it for you. Your children can't make it for you. Your uh, parents can't make it for you. Nobody can make this decision for you. You will make it, and you will make it today. You'll make it today.